invite to speak tonight uh, with the partnership that we have. I also want to pass along greetings from Pastor Jonathan, uh, who many of you know at Grace and Peace. He wanted me to pass along his greetings. Uh, I'm sure he would love to be here and to be connecting uh, with many of you. And, and so he says hello, and, uh, and he, along with many at Grace and Peace, are, are praying for, for uh, all of you. Uh, so uh, many of you are aware of this, but the partnership that uh, we have between CE and Grace and Peace goes back eight, nine years, something like that. Uh, and so uh, I am so grateful, Grace and Peace is so grateful for the teams that have been sent to Grace and Peace to run the summer camps that we have uh, at Grace and Peace. And many of you have been a part of God encouraging my faith, because I get to see you guys come over, run our summer camps, share the gospel with many children who are somewhere between five to ten years old, uh, who come, some who are children of members of Grace and Peace, but some who are coming from many different contexts, and every year uh, children hear the gospel and, uh, and are saved as they put their faith in Jesus. And so it's an immense encouragement to me, the way that God has used many of you in my life. And so to think of the opportunity to share with you tonight is, is really a joy. Uh, so uh, as we move forward in this time, as we move into God's word together, let me pray as we, as we spend this time together. Our God, we thank you for the chance to gather and to worship you. We confess that we are prone to draw attention to ourselves, to make choices that are for our own gain, and so we confess those things, and we ask that you would expose them in our lives in fresh ways tonight, and teach us what it looks like to repent and to worship you, to acknowledge that you are the God who offers hope, who offers joy, and who offers forgiveness of sin in Jesus. So we thank you for this time together, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here at CE, we've been working through the Ten Commandments together, or rather, you have been working through the Ten Commandments together, and I'm joining you for commandment number five tonight, and uh, some would call this the beginning of the second half of the Ten Commandments. So there are four that have been covered so far. Some would call those the vertical commandments because they talk about the relationship between us as human beings and our God, and so there being a vertical component in that way. And then commandments five through 10 being those that are called the horizontal commandments uh, because they're the, they uh, talk about the ways that we interact with one another. And so commandment number five is the first of those, and it is to honor our father and our mother. And really, this is uh, an important one for us to talk about because really it's one of the building blocks of the human experience. Each one of us is born, and the relationship that a child has with a parent is extremely significant. It's one of the most important relationships, maybe the most important relationship that we have in this life. So it's good for us to consider this together, what it looks like to honor our father and our mother. 
So uh, I'll, I'll read this scripture one more time, but before I do that, I'm hoping that the tech guys can help with a video. And the reason that I want to start off with this is because uh, I know from my experience in the United States, and I hope that uh, this will resonate with you as well, that there are ways for uh, students um, that relationships with our parents can be difficult, can be strained, and oftentimes that's because of the ways that we think of our parents as maybe washed up or out of touch. And so uh, this is a commercial that uh, has been shown many times in the United States. It's uh, an American insurance company, uh, and I think the way that uh, this one man is portrayed as a stereotypical parent will uh, help us to hopefully identify ways that we may not think of parents as charitably as we ought to. So uh, with that, if we can get this video running, let's take a look. Got directions to the nightclub here. And if you get lost, just hit me on the old horn. Tom's my best friend, but ever since he bought a new house. It's a $10 cover? Oh, okay. See that on the website? He's been acting more and more like his dad. Come on, guys, jump in. The water's fine. Tom Pritchard. How we doing? Hi there, Tom Pritchard. Can we get around round of jalapeno poppers for me and the boys, please? I've been saving a lot of money with Progressive lately, so. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto when you bundle with us. All right, there we go. Does that resonate at all here in Northern Ireland? Can we identify some of the ways that that might be similar? I'm hoping this is not only an American thing, the ways that, that we may not think of parents as charitably as we ought to. We think of, uh, we, we think of them as a Tom Pritchard, uh, maybe dancing like that, speaking about jalapeno poppers, things like that. So, all right, hopefully that helps us to think about uh, our passage tonight. So, as we work through this together, I would like to work through this as four questions uh, as we look at this idea of honoring our father and mother. So let me, let me read this verse for us one more time and then we'll work our way through. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. All right, so in this time that we have together, let's consider four questions. We're gonna cover this commandment with the questions who, what, why, and how. So we're going to start off with who, meaning who does this commandment apply to? Who is called and commanded to honor their father and mother? So let's start there. The, these first two, who and what, we're going to knock out real quickly, and we're going to spend most of our time asking why and how. So who would be really God's word is for every one of us, but especially for those of us who know the one true God, we are called to be seeking him. We are called to be seeking him in his word, to be knowing the commands that he has for us. And so as we spend this time in his word, this applies to each and every one of us that we should be striving to see what is it for us to honor our father and mother. Very simple. Then next, uh, what does this mean? What does this mean for us to honor our father and our mother? This, this text would originally have been written in the language of Hebrew, and the word honor has a connection to the word weight. Uh, weight meaning W-E-I-G-H-T. And uh, the importance of that is that for each one of us, uh, there are ways that maybe we consider 
the significance of our parents and their role in our lives, but then there are ways for each one of us that that is difficult. And so what God's command is getting at, for us to honor our father and mother, that means for us to recognize the weight of that position that God has given to them. No parent is perfect. In fact, every parent will struggle deeply to parent well, will fail over and over, and yet God has put them in that position in our lives, and we are to consider that he is the one in control of that. He is the one who has made them our parent. And so to honor them is to recognize the significance of their position as the parents that God has given to us. And so it's easy for us to, to brush off our parents uh, when they might ask us to do things around the house, uh, when they might punish us for something that we've done. Uh, they might hold us back from being with friends. And so in those times, frustration can easily build. Anger can easily build. It's easy for us to dishonor our parents. And so, so what does this look like? God commands us to honor them, to recognize the significance of their position as the parents that God has given to us. So with that said, let's move into the question of why. Why do we honor our parents? And how do we honor our parents? So first, why? And we actually see in this verse there's an answer, uh, but can be, can be difficult for us to understand because of the context that it's given. And so there is a promise that's attached to this verse here. And it's the only one of the Ten Commandments that has a promise attached to it. And that is, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So the question is, what does this mean? What does this mean that your days may be long in the land? Did we suddenly come across the fountain of youth here in the Bible? If we, if we suddenly discover how to honor our mother and our father that our days will be long, guaranteed long life? No, that is, that is not what our God is getting at with this commandment. Uh, the immediate context that he would have been giving this to is the group of people called the Israelites who had a unique relationship to God in the Old Testament. And so when he talks about the land uh, that he's giving to them, he's talking about the promised land that was promised. And the Israelites have been wandering and, uh, and wondering what the promised land may hold for them. Well, what God's getting at is that one of the building blocks of their society as the Israelites is for families to have healthy relationships. And so as he guides them into the promised land, one way that their days can be uh, flourishing and can be long is for children to be honoring their parents. So that's, that's the immediate context here. But what may help us to apply this in our own lives is that this phrase about days being long in the land, this also can be translated to, to mean a fullness of blessing. Uh, it can also mean abundant life. And so for each one of us, as we consider uh, why, why would we honor our father and mother, there is a type of blessing that God is, on, that it, he is offering and promising for those who honor their father and their mother. And if we think about this, there are uh, two different contexts that each one of us may find ourselves. Uh, some of us have parents who are uh, in a relationship with God, 
And so by God's grace, uh, they are parents who imperfectly are striving to teach us about who God is, teaching us to know him and teaching us to serve him. When that is the case, we should take the opportunity to learn from them. There is a fullness of blessing that comes from learning from our parents as they guide us and point us to our God. But then for those who do not have parents who are in a relationship with God, we are still called to be honoring them. And so what does that look like? Well, it is not just to obey everything that is said. That is not what honoring means. And yet, we are still called to honor them. Those with parents who are not saved, what it may look like is uh, to, to listen and uh, not to uh, look down on them as those that do not know God. For those, who are, for those of you who have parents who are not Christians, uh, I urge you to take this seriously, to consider the missional opportunity that God is giving to you. That as you listen and as you care for your parents and as you seek to honor them and to recognize the role that God has given to them as your parents, that you can be an example of the humility of Jesus as you walk alongside them. And so that is why we honor our parents. But before we move to how, I'd like to give two, uh, two quick clarifiers. Um, and I think these are important uh, because every one of us has a different context, a different relationship with our parents. Uh, and so there are ways that each one of us is experiencing hurt and suffering and joys and victories in the relationships that we have with our parents. And so the first one that I want to get at and I mentioned this briefly, that honoring our parents does not mean obeying everything that they say. Uh, and, and I have another scripture that I hope will bring some clarity. The Apostle Paul, who was one of the early leaders in the church, if we go back 2000, about 2,000 years, quoted this commandment of honoring mother and father and, uh, and talked about what this looked like um, and adds this little qualifier in the middle of the commandment. So this is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents, here it is, in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. There it is, that little qualifier, those three words, Obey your parents in the Lord. If, if your parents ask you to do something or to say something or to behave in some way that is sinful, God does not call you to do that. He does not uh, call you to blindly uh, follow whatever your parents say. We're called to be wise as we grow in our relationship with God, to honor our parents, to consider the role that God has given to them, but not just to simply obey every word. If they give some sort of command that would lead to sin, uh, it is better, it actually honors our parents not to obey them, but instead to explain to them uh, how that is disobedience against a righteous God. I'll also encourage you though to be careful in those moments. I know for, for myself with my parents, uh, there have been many times that they might give me instruction that uh, my gut reaction 
is to think that it may not be wise, but it's important for us to be humble as we receive instructions from our parents. It's easy for us to deceive ourselves into thinking that the things that our parents say, uh, it's easy for us to take uh, the, uh, the role of devil's advocate, uh, attempting to uh, persuade ourselves that what they're saying is not right. Um, and so I encourage each of us to be wise in the ways that we hear our parents' instructions and to digest it and to consider it uh, before we uh, decide what's the, what's the right way to respond. Uh, second, a second qualifier, so that first is uh, that we're not called to blindly uh, obey. We're called to uh, obey as, as our parents point us toward the Lord. The second is uh, just to point out that I realize that for each one of us, this is uh, far more complicated than simply having parents that uh, perfectly point us toward Jesus. Uh, that's not the case for any single one of us. Uh, each one of us is in the midst of broken relationships with our families uh, and for some of us, some of us have lost parents. Uh, some of us may not have parents at all. And so I wanted to just say a word of uh, comfort and encouragement for, uh, for those of us who are, uh, who are hurting, who as we consider the relationships with our parents, uh, that there is difficulties that we face in those things. There is significant grief that comes with this kind of loss. Um, and, and there are ways that we should be grieving. That is a massive loss to experience. And uh, the reality of missing out on someone who loves you uh, and who could guide you and instruct you is a painful thing. And I actually wanted to, to share with you a significant season uh, in, in my dad's life uh, and so my dad grew up in a similar area to, to where I grew up in the suburbs west of Philadelphia. And uh, when he was 12, his dad died suddenly of a brain aneurysm. And uh, so as I thought about this verse about fathers and mothers, he, he quickly came to mind. Um, and my dad, his family went to church growing up, uh, but uh, for his family it was much more about looking good, uh, putting on a good appearance, not so much about worshiping our Lord or growing in his grace. Uh, and yet, uh, he experienced the loss of his dad when he was 12. Um, then when he was 16, his, uh, the youth leader at his church shared the gospel with him more clearly than, than he had ever heard it before. And for my dad, what was, what was so beautiful was that he heard about a heavenly father who loved him and would teach him. And it was exactly what he was longing for. And, and as he heard the gospel, God produced in him a desire to share the gospel uh, with me and my three younger brothers as he heard that sweet good news of a heavenly father who would give up his own son in love for him. And so uh, as, I, as, I, uh, as I get older and I realize the deep, um, the deep loss that that was for my dad, um, I also think about the unbelievable grace uh, that God has shown not only to my dad, um, but also to me and my brothers, that he would use such a, uh, such a sad experience, such a, um, a, a tragedy 
to produce in my dad a desire to point his sons to Jesus. Uh, and so for those of you who are grieving the, the loss of parents or the absence of parents um, or maybe uh, enduring abusive parents, um, I, have, I have prayed for you as I've prepared for, for this time tonight uh, that God would be in the midst of deep grief and deep tragedy would be uh, softening uh, your heart and the hearts of those who are affected in those situations and that he would be graciously pointing each one of us toward Jesus as we consider these things together. So, um, yes, why, why do we honor our parents? We do that because for those with, with Christian parents, they teach us to know and to serve God, and we get to point them toward Jesus by following after them and encouraging their faith. And for those with parents who are not saved yet, we point them to the Lord as we honor and respect them and show the humility of Jesus in our lives. All right, finally, how? How do we do this? How do we honor our father and mother? And this is where I hope we recognize some challenging applications in our own lives. All right, so I've got a few examples of what this may look like. First, we should be sharing. We should be sharing about our lives. I think of many times coming home this is probably around 15, 16, when I was probably at my worst, come home, when my parents would ask, how was your day? And I think the, the extent of my response would be uh, something like, eh, not even, not even words, not sharing anything about my life. And so I would encourage each of us as we, as we consider how to honor our father and our mother they show that they care when they ask us how our day has been. I encourage us to uh, maybe take that step of, uh, of sharing with our parents. Next, we can seek counsel, seek the counsel of our parents to ask for their help. Uh, they, they may seem behind the times. It may seem like our parents are unable to understand what we're going through. But it's good to remember that our parents have lived longer lives than we have, that they've experienced a lot of life, and so seek their counsel. That's one way we can honor them. Uh, another one, I think maybe, maybe the most important and a very difficult one is to listen, to listen to our parents, to actually listen. And not just to listen, uh, not just to listen with false motives, uh, maybe to listen to get what we want, um, to, to listen to get a better chance of going out with our friends, but to truly listen without an agenda, to hear what they have to say, to slow down enough, not just to listen for the sake of what we might gain from that, but actually to hear what they have to say and to consider those words. And so uh, I'll ask a question uh, if, if none of these are landing, and I hope a few of those examples are landing, but one question that we can be asking would be, what is something that causes tension in your relationship with your parents? And as you think about that, what might be causing tension? To follow that up with, how might God be asking you to take a step of humility in the way that you interact with your parents? So there are some examples for us. So uh, that's, that's a few examples of how we might honor our parents. 
But if I ask that same question once again, how do we do this? If we're honest with ourselves, a simple answer, how do we honor our parents? A simple answer would be not very well, if we're honest with ourselves. Each one of us struggles deeply to humbly submit ourselves to our parents, their leadership in our lives, the ways that they're guiding and teaching us. And so if we're honest about that, uh, then this inclination to dishonor our earthly fathers and mothers is actually a reflection of a similar inclination that each one of us has to dishonor God, our heavenly father. And our desire to choose what we want instead of what a righteous, perfect God commands is a signal of a wicked, rebellious heart that each one of us has. So uh, what is our hope then? God has given us these commandments. If we're honest with ourselves about the ways that we struggle to obey this command of honoring our father and mother, well, our hope has to come from outside of ourselves. Our hope cannot come from ourselves. We fail to meet this commandment. And so what is our hope? Our hope in the midst of our failings to honor our parents is that there is one son who perfectly honored his father. And that son is Jesus Christ. Something that Jesus said about himself 2,000 years ago, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 6. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. This is good news. This is good news that in the midst of our failings, there is hope that we have in the one perfect, honoring Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, God the Son, honored God the Father by leaving his eternal heavenly throne and becoming human, God taking on flesh as we sung together earlier. And Jesus lived a perfect sinless life, even perfectly honoring his earthly mother and father, Joseph and Mary. And so as he did this, as he lived this perfect innocent life, uh, eventually he was brought to a point that he was condemned to death, innocently, uh, condemned to death. And he was murdered, hung on a cross, taking the judgment of God on himself so that sinners like you and I might be spared from the judgment that we deserve. And so I would urge each one of us to be considering in the midst of our failings this hope that we have in Jesus and to put your trust in him as our substitute. And Jesus was crucified, hung on a cross, and, and he died, literally died. And he was buried in a tomb. And then three days later, God raised him from the dead so that we can now say that sin and death do not rule us anymore because Jesus is alive and offers forgiveness of sin and the hope of eternal life when we put our trust in him. This is such good news. This is good news as we, as we consider the gravity of the ways that we fail to meet the commandments that God has for us. We have hope because Jesus has perfectly fulfilled this command by honoring God the Father. And so for, for each one of us, I urge you to consider, have you put your trust in Jesus? Before a holy God, we cannot stand before him if not for his great grace in Jesus, if not for our substitute who shed his blood 
so that we might be cleansed from our sin when we put our trust in him. And so if you have not, do you recognize your inability to follow God's command of honoring your parents? We cannot stand before him except for his grace. And if you have, if you have put your trust in Jesus, and if you are in relationship with him, what does it look like to honor our parents in new ways, to listen, to respect them, to consider their guidance? And if you have, if you have accepted him as your savior, will you go and share this good news with others? We've been given a mission to go to the people around us and to share the good news of Jesus, that we are not without hope, even as we fail to obey his commands, because Jesus has died for our sins. Will you go and speak of the hope that you have because of Jesus' perfect obedience, the way that he honored God the Father? Will you go and share this good news to a world that needs to hear it? That is that is my urging to each one of us this evening that we would consider the gravity of God's grace in Jesus. And as you guys consider to work through these Ten Commandments, I pray that God will be exposing his grace in fresh new ways, that we would be walking in his ways more and more and relying on his grace even as we fail to do so. So that's what I have for us tonight. Would you pray with me as we close? Our God, thank you for your unbelievable grace to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for honoring God the Father in your perfect obedience, for honoring the will of the Father to give up your life so that we might have the hope of eternal life when we put our trust in you. We confess that we forget this good news. Give us grace to remember and to care for the people around us, to consider our neighbors that you put in our lives and to consider this good news with them. Thank you for your grace.